You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. The Book of Acts, Chapter 16. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Messiah and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope in making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, 
rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, Release those men, the jailer told Paul. The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them calm themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. All right, here we are. We've arrived at Acts chapter 16. And it's interesting how this chapter rolls out considering the conversations that we've been having together. You see, Timothy uh, joins the ministry team. And one of the things that stands out is the fact that Paul, after all this conversation about circumcision uh, at the Council of Jerusalem and all of the controversy and all the commotion, Paul adds Timothy to the ministry team so he circumcises him. And if you're like me, I'm like, wait, what? Like, didn't we just um, have a big conversation about that? Wasn't that what all of the controversy and commotion was about? And so I dug deeper to understand why would Paul do that? Timothy's mom was Jewish, and so he would have been considered Jewish, but she never had him circumcised. And so what that would have communicated to the Jews that they were encountering and ministering to is that uh, he was actually an apostate, which is somebody who has basically just discarded and um, thrown off religion as though, who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, it's not important to me. Um, they've abandoned or rejected the teaching. And that's actually not where Timothy was at. Like, I don't know what was going on with his mom, but she just decided, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, we don't need to do that. And so uh, in order to not be a stumbling block, um, and I guess Timothy was a gamer, Paul had him circumcised. And so it really says to me a lot about what it means to follow Jesus. And I don't believe that for me or my family, the issue would be circumcision, but I do believe that there are things we're going to encounter on our journey, um, not just individually, but as families, as ministry units, um, where there are times where to follow Jesus, it's going to cost us something for the sake of the gospel, for other people to come to know the Lord. And uh, I think we have to each decide on our own, like, is that price one that we're willing to pay? And I think what we see here is that for Timothy, it was. And in retrospect, as I read through his contributions to the ministry at the time, um, I'm thankful that he did. And you see Paul and Silas uh, pay a price as well later in the chapter 
when they're in prison for uh, healing this slave girl. Um, one of the things that I think is really neat about this chapter, just talking about the historical background again, is something related to Luke. We find here in uh, 16, 10 through 18, Luke referring to uh, himself. He uses the first person plural, we, to talk about the subjects of this passage. And so he's including himself in this group. Uh, and I find that really interesting because this is the first time Luke does this in Acts. And uh, we talked a few weeks ago about Luke being the author of Luke and Acts. And to me, again, it just reinforces the um, the legitimacy of this. It, it makes this more credible because of all the places where Luke could have inserted himself, he chooses to wait until uh, this this part of the book, which says to me he's really trying to report back to us what historically happened. You know, he could have been at the crucifixion <laughs> if he was trying to write a really compelling story and include himself in it. He could have been at Pentecost or at the Council of Jerusalem, but it's here that we find Luke uh, on, in this journey from Troas to Philippi. And then um, just talking more about the price that Paul and Silas pay here in prison, I really love how they are in prison and uh, suddenly the prison experiences this earthquake and uh, the prison doors fly open and everyone's chains come loose. And of course, the jailer is frightened and um, contemplates suicide at this point. And yet in that moment, Paul shouts out not to harm himself because they were still there. They weren't going to leave, even though an obvious miracle had occurred that could have allowed them to do so. They stay there really concerned for the jailer and for his family. And because of that, the whole family is baptized and made Christians. That speaks really to two things for me, one being just the, the um, solidarity that we can have with people who are in the midst of, of crisis, uh, even people who are oppressors of ours, uh, we can find opportunities to show solidarity with them and to uh, practice empathy with them. And the other thing is, I just find it really interesting that the whole family is baptized, uh, meaning um, the jailer and his wife and their children are made Christians. And it's a reminder um, of what Jesus said so poignantly when he said uh, to let the little children come unto him, that it doesn't matter what your age is uh, you can have the same Holy Spirit as anyone else and, and be made a believer. I think it also, um, you know, whatever circumstances we are in, there is no circumstance where God cannot uh, use us to bring glory to his name. There is no circumstance where uh, his, his joy is not enough for us, that it is uh, his joy that is our strength, whatever whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. And I really take uh, reassurance from that uh, in this chapter. I think it's very powerful. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.